Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. Just a little word of warning to those listening today. I guess one of those little legal things maybe we need to put out. <laughs> there will be math and scientific <laughs> talk in this. Smarticle particles will be needed in this episode towards the end. Those who have a problem with math, um, grab a calculator or... <laughs> When there's about five minutes left from the show, stop listening. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we get into some heavy-duty math at the end of this show just uh, uh, because of what we're, one of our topics this but evening. But fun math. It is fun math, and the visuals that go with it <laughs> are entertaining, yeah. especially when the word minion is brought up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so what's you been up to this week, Derek? What have I been up to? Well, I... Made some beef jerky. Oh, I didn't see any here. Yes. It's, uh, so (laughs) (laughs) there's the beef jerky and there's also, uh, shoe leather, (laughs) but there's also, there was also some baklava that Siobhan picked up and, uh, I know you like baklava, so I was bringing it to you because I didn't want to eat it because I don't like the stuff. Really? I forgot it and the jerky at home. I wanted you to, I wanted you to try the jerky. I wanted to see the, the look of pleasure on your face as you tried my jerky. The look of pleasure. <laughs> okay, so the last conversation we had was, if I forgot to turn my dehydrator <laughs> off after 12 hours, can you cook the jerky for too long? That was the last conversation yes. we had. The kids still like it. And how long did the jerky <laughs> toast it, for? It was uh, 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 18 hours. 18 hours. <laughs> 18 and a oh, half, maybe. Oh, sweet jeebers. Yeah, it's it's very dehydrated. Yeah. It's super duper dehydrated. It um, it 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 breaks apart and it's like eating like chips or something. It just kind of crunches and disintegrates in your mouth. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> supposed to do that. <laughs> it's super duper dehydrated. And it was a big roast too. Can you like add some water to it? <laughs> Well, that's what Siobhan said. She said, uh, well, why don't you just try and rehydrate it? But that's just going to wreck it, I think. I, 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 on the way here tonight, I uh, stopped at Costco and I picked up uh, two more roasts. You need to, um, I don't know what you can do to save that. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, Eat it with beer. It's still good. The kids like it. So yeah, you, you put it in your glass of beer yep, and as you're you drinking, you take a little bite all in one motion. <laughs> like so you're di- eating and drinking at the same like time. dipping uh, cookies in your milk. milk. <laughs> yeah. Or your hot chocolate or something. Exactly. It. Yeah. That's what you got. So do. it was, uh, I had, it, I had, I thought I was doing a pretty good job, but then I, like I had set it so that I would uh, get up and turn it off first thing in the morning before I went to work. Right. But I went right straight off to work and. Is it not allowed? Uh, is it really quiet? I put it in the garage because it makes the house stink. That's part of the fun. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was all tucked away in the garage. Nobody could hear it. <laughs> wow. I I ended up going home from work just to go turn it off. So I got home around eleven quarter after eleven, eleven thirty or something like that, and turned it off. Yeah, yeah. After it'd been on for yeah. eighteen hours, and then I just left it out on the counter all day to think, hey, maybe there's enough humidity in the house that it'll reabsorb some. <laughs> Yeah, just spritzed it with water. <laughs> yes, just a little spritz. So yeah, you can't yeah un undehydrate. <laughs> yeah, rehydrate. <laughs> yeah, can I undehydrate this? Yeah, can I have a redo? Uh, and yeah. How long yeah. is baklava good for? 
Or in my house? I mean, how long would it last? Oh, it'll last a little while. Yeah, so maybe I'll bring it next week. I don't know. Because I'm not going to eat it. I don't know if it'll last that long, but you can always find out. Yeah. I guess yeah. we'll find out. <laughs> wow. Dude. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, well, while we're talking about food, yeah. let's talk about your choice of beers this evening. Ah, uh, yes. There is, uh. a, there is a picture on our Facebook page. Yes. Of... Uh, um, so when we go to the beer store, they have a bunch of different types of craft beers from local breweries and stuff. And, and we have a few local breweries in our area. Now there's a new one that you stopped at called Chronicle. Yeah, they opened up, uh, I think it was this spring. I'm not sure. Anyways, they're, 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 uh, I don't think they're a year old yet, but it's Chronicle Brewing out of Bowmanville. And uh, so it, I've been meaning to stop by these guys for a while now, and I managed to do so after work uh, today. And there was eight different beers. There was. There was, uh, was there eight? No, there was seven different beers. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah, seven. Seven. That's right. So they, I just picked two of each of everything that they had yeah. in their fridge. So, <laughs> which can be a gamble sometimes. So what was the very first one you opened this The evening? very first one, and we opened it because we thought it's probably going to be a mistake. And uh, we only opened one of the cans, so I can <laughs> give the other it. One, so we can give the other one to my wife. So it's a saison with rose hip, hibiscus, and currant. Mm-hmm. It's a red beer. Yes, when <laughs> the look of astonishment on our face when they went and and pink, pink foam. foam came out. Uh, okay, yeah, it was like <laughs> cherry yeah. soda or something. Yeah, go to our go to our Facebook page, and there's a picture there of of uh, yeah. our but. All props to you. At least there's gluten in this stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, and now we, we uh, so we only opened one of those because we, we already knew that it probably wasn't going to be very good. <laughs> but well, actually it, was, it, it ended up being not too bad. It's, it's just got dry. A, yeah. It's a, it's dry like a, like a champagne or a Chardonnay or something like that, which I'm not a fan of either. So I can see why I didn't like it. Yeah, when you're when you're drinking it uh, as it goes down, it sort of dries out the back of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Siobhan can have the other can of that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, so what's the second one we opened is, uh, and again, we only opened one because it was a gamble. Yep. <laughs> it's a Harvest Moon Wheat IPA with peach and apricot. This wasn't. Neither one's bad. They're good beers. It really depends on I your didn't taste. taste. I didn't really taste peach. I definitely didn't taste apricot. And it had a raunchy dirt smell. <laughs> but that could just be, you know. <laughs> no. It has a citrus smell. I like it. Yeah. I'm not, it's, I'm not a fan of it. I but drink you'll drink it. your half a glass. Yeah, I'll drink my half a glass. And then move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, yes. that's our beer choices for this evening. <laughs> but what we, what else we have is uh, is uh, I have Soran. It's an amber kettle sour beer. We have a faster than light lager, and it's got like the Millennium Falcon and stuff on the label. Then there's Mind Flay IPA with a big octopus. Uh, then there's uh, the Ignorant Farmer Amber Wheat Ale. All of the uh, Labels are pretty good. Is that an octopus or is that uh, Cthulhu? Um, Cth- no, that's an octopus. That- that's an angry octopus. Could be Cthulhu. I don't know. 
Alrighty. Yeah, and then the last one is a uh, robust milk porter. Hmm. So we tried a milk. It wasn't a porter. It was a milk beer. Stout or something, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Was it a milk, milk stout. So I think this, is, I, I'm curious about milk porter. Well, open one up, pour mm-hmm. some glass, and <laughs> what else you got to talk about this week? Uh, well, the... Uh... You talk, I'll pour. <laughs> okay, well, one thing that uh, one thing that came across our desk, I can't remember who uh, who posted this, but uh, it's uh, I saw an article, or I saw it posted somewhere, as one of the guys had uh, posted the G stove. So uh, it's it, it's a bit heavier than your typical stove, but the options that you get with a uh, with this stove are just amazing. It uh, well, let me empty my glass for you. Oh. Slacker. Sean's pouring my beer. Okay, so uh, this is a stove from Norway. Uh, I imagine anybody into the uh, winter backcountry camping and stuff are, have seen this stove. I just thought it was, I thought it's just an amazing stove. It's uh, with the different options you can get with it. You can get uh, you can get an integral oven in the back end of it. You can get it with or without the little sight glass window and it's a round style stove. It's it's uh, it's bigger, but it's similar to the, the the round stove you see at Princess Auto. But this one's a lot bigger with a bigger stack. It's a yeah. bigger vent, and it's it's got all the options. And it even you can even get it with a uh, you can get it with an oven in the in the smoke stack. It's uh, the the heat of the smoke passing through the stack. Uh, it actually will heat up an oven that sits about three feet above the stove. Yeah, they, they had a couple things here. If you go to gstove.com, the letter G, stove, all one word, gstove.com, they, they show the different options you can get. And they have different uh, different models with different things that you can come, uh, that come with them. Um, again, yeah, it's round. You can get the, the door with the glass window or without. They got the damper on your on that. They got the two little fold-out shelves that are on the top to flatten it. And then there's a couple of grills that go on top of that. They, they actually give you a, uh, ash scraper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ash scraper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, uh, getting your, your, uh, the ash out of yes, your, yes. your stove. There's the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven piece, uh, pipe set that goes. Oh yes. Yeah. Up. Yeah. So there's lots of pipe and it looks like a three or four inch pipe. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it looks like it's uh, fairly large. So it's, uh, you know, I, I, I bought that round, uh, princess auto stove and I, I don't use it just because it, uh, you can't get enough airflow because of the small chimney. Yeah. So I, I, I have the intent to, uh, take it to uh, a local welder guy that I know and get him to weld in a new sleeve f- for, for the, like a uh, six inch for like a six inch or something. Yeah. Right. That, and you know what? That's the big thing. And of course, they've got them on sale for sixty bucks this week at Princess Auto, mm-hmm. and all over the the Facebook yeah. groups. Hey, this is at Princess Auto. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And it's like, well, they're they're nice little Doesn't stove work so if well. you don't mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. A, well, if you're in like a little I'm, tiny teeny tent. Last was it last New Year's? Sarah. Oh, a few people froze. Yeah, so Sarah couldn't get not. her stove going. Sarah yeah. to Gregorio, she couldn't get her stove lit, and uh, when she did get it lit, she couldn't get it 
burning well enough. And she yeah. had that Princess Auto stove, I believe. Johnny uh, Stinson had the same issue. Mm-hmm. He ended up, I think, in somebody else's tent or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So what you need is uh, you need somebody to cut a bigger hole and add a bigger uh, collar for a larger yeah. flu. And that's, that's what everybody says. You need to make modifications to it mm-hmm. uh, in order for it to work properly. Uh, but this one here, this G stove, like you say, it's from Norway, but there's a couple of Canadian suppliers. Yes. And yep. unfortunately they're all out West, but you can order it from them. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things is, like you said, the pipe cooking oven. Yeah. It's, it's this unit that you buy and it's built right into the section of the pipe. So you can actually bake. There's some of them have the baking, um, oven right at the back of the stove. Yeah, so it's, it's, a little, it's right under the the flue. Yeah, so you just open it up and you can cook some stuff right in there. There is a hot water tank, a three liter water tank that fits around the pipe. So, of course, the pipe, the heat from the pipe um, will he- heat up the water inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some pretty cool things. What else did I see in here? There was, oh, the, uh, I'm looking at the site here and I'm not finding it. The hanger. They have... Uh, this hanger thing that fits on the pipe and the arms fold out. I don't know if you see, you see it there, but the arms fold out and it is a hanger. So you can hang clothes in the tent. Right? Oh yeah. If you click on, uh, accessories. stove accessories. Yeah. Yeah. There it's, it is. Uh, the second row down. Yeah. So yeah, the, has, uh, what, like eight arms that fold out yeah. so you can hang stuff on it. And of course it's right above the stove. Mm-hmm. So all the heat's coming up and, and whatnot. Now I know my tent, I have, I put the rope around the, the top, the cord, and I have some clothes pins and yep. stuff like that. So I can, uh, you know, heat, hang stuff that way. Mm-hmm. But this, this is part of it right on. And of course everything folds right up and then slides into the stove for storage. Right. Which is pretty cool. So yeah, the all stainless steel. Uh, oven integrated on stove pipe, glass door with a thermometer and oven racks, uh, pipe water tank. In, there is there is another one that's, they have two types of water tanks. One that's integrated like the oven is yes. integrated in the pipe yeah. and the other one fits is on the around the, yeah. the, the, the fits, stack. fits around the stack. Mm-hmm. The only drawback besides limited places in North America to get this is the price. Yeah, it is pretty pricey. It is pretty pricey. And, I uh, think it might last longer than... Yeah, it looks like it's... Uh, well, it's stainless steel, so it's going to be slower to rot out for... And it's not going to rust away on you, stuff like that. So it, it's... it's. I, I think it's a good design. I like that it's in stainless. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's a good design. I think it's a... Uh, looks like a pretty decent one. It might be a bit mm-hmm. heavier than the other ones. But, like I say, when you start looking at the price... That's going to be the thing that stops you, I think, right there. Yes, yes. And uh, But yeah, I'd like to see uh, one of these in action. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I see on the website here, they also have uh, fireproof mats. They're just roll-up uh, fabric fireproof mats. Yeah, 51 which, which bucks is, US. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty brilliant to... Uh, it, it, because I, I I have often thought of bringing a plank of wood or something or something to stop it from... The problem is melting into snow on the ground, right? Yeah. You want it to uh, not melt and sink in. So, yeah, well, a lot of people put the um, couple of logs across, right? Yeah. And that's what they use. That's what I do, so too. Mm-hmm. I just put them on the wood floor. Um, <laughs> but you know what? When you're, when you're talking about price, though, you look at the, the extras that they're giving 
with the stove. Oh, you get a lot of stove for that price. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? The the you would be paying a bit more money for the, all the accessories that are included on these ones. So yes, you no, know, it might actually it might actually be pretty close for what the other ones are. It's just uh, checking these ones out. So mm-hmm. yeah, brilliant. I think you need to go buy one. <laughs> just have it shipped in from yeah. BC and. <laughs> What did I say? Oh, uh, I think it was Saskatoon and somewhere in BC. And not in Alberta? You would think it would be in Alberta. Yeah. No, I'm sure it was yeah. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan and, and uh, yeah. BC. Oh, I know it was Saskatchewan. Yeah. So, yeah, because it was a West Coast store. Yes. Which mm-hmm. Alberta is not West Coast. Close, but not quite. Mm-hmm. So check one of those out. So go to gstove.com and check out these stoves. They're pretty cool looking. It's They are pretty neat. It, yeah. It, you know, if I had money to burn, I would uh, get myself one of these stoves. Oh, money to burn in a <laughs> stove. Oh, that's pretty close to a pun. It, it, I intended it that way. <laughs> uh, the other thing we came across was, uh, and uh, so I, I, I just, one of those constant emails you get, I, I saw an article, there was an article of uh, a bunch of guys who were running the Colorado River. Mm. And... Uh, so this was posted to the adventurejournal.com or the adventure, adventure journal website. Yeah, adventure-journal.com. But if they just Google venture journal it'll come up. Yeah. Uh so it uh well you you've read more into the website than I did. I just looked at the one article. So uh tell us about it. Well, let's talk about the website first. Adventure yep. Journal. Oh, my mouse just stopped working. Oh. Technical difficulties on math night. You have one oh. of those touchpads on there, that laptop there. Yeah, but it's covered by my papers. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Today's lost. going downhill. <laughs> Crappy beer. It's math night. <laughs> Technical failures. Oh, geez. Uh, Adventure Journal. Uh, if you go to the page, uh, they have, all you got to do is, it says Adventure Journal. I mean, it's a pretty simple website. But they have five different headings under there. Calendar, camp recipes, gear, historical badass, <laughs> and get the magazine. So, I mean, get the magazine is pretty simple. You just go there and you can subscribe to get an actual hard copy of the magazine in the mail. Calendar is pretty cool. If you're looking to do something, different events, right? It has one, two, three, four, five, six different filters. Start date, end date event type so they've got like astronomical awards competitions conference demos expos races rides seminars speakers tours trade shows that sort of volunteer that sort of stuff that's under event type and then they have activity type so advocacy base jumping bike packing camping climbing Cleanup, cycling, diversity environment, uh, literature, mountain, mountain biking, paddling, all that sort of stuff. So you can choose one of those. Then there's the distance. So 100 miles is their, their default. So within 100 miles of, and then you put your location or whatever location you're going to be in. So if you're traveling to Colorado and you want to do something funky in that area, you can click all the fill it all out or if you're at home and you you know you've got a, a week's holidays coming yeah. up you can fill out all this information and then you just hit search and it comes up with all these different events now right now it says november 
There's the Boardman Tasker Award for Mountain Literature in the United Kingdom. Uh, December, Desolation Gray Canyons of the Green River 2019 Permit Process. So I guess you need a permit for it. If you want to float Deso Gray on the Green River in 2019, now is the time to get your application in. So you've got to have a permit. So between December 1st and January 31st, you've got to get your... And that's in Price, Utah. So it lists a whole bunch of stuff like that. Real Rock 13 Film Tour. Hell's Canyon of the Snake River 2019 Permit Lottery. Rogue River 2019 Permit Lottery. The Rogue River is where that veterans, one we talked about last week. Yes. That's yes. where they go a lot. Yeah, so it's, it talks about all these lotteries and film festivals and Geminids Meteor Shower. That's uh, tonight and tomorrow night. That is December 13th and 14th. Okay, tomorrow night and the next tomorrow night. Tomorrow night and the next night. Yeah, so it's this weekend. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Tonto National Monument. Uh, so there's all this stuff on here that you can find out, and it's it's pretty cool. So that's under their, their calendar. Then you go to camp recipes, and you're figuring, okay, well, it's yeah, going to be like granola or stuff like that. No. The most popular, simple and hearty Mexican polenta, the vanilla cider cocktail to warm you your fall and winter excursions, Warm up your cold campsite dinners with piping hot hush puppies. I mean, so you look at some of these these things that they're doing, and it's pretty. Korean tofu stew. Uh, <laughs> sweet potato and sausage savory pies make the best backpacking lunches. It sounds awesome. Rice pasta, sun-dried tomatoes, and hazelnut parmesan. Uh, like these are, are the meals that they're they're making. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of it's going to be. Uh, dehydrated and stuff. Yes. So if you're if you're destroying like jerky, you might want to get that down pat first. Uh, I was. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry. Was that my outside voice? <laughs> Apple cheddar burgers are amazing camp. Uh, are amazing camp grinds. Grind really? Yeah. Campfire mulled wine is the perfect way to ride out the storm. And funny because I saw this recipe earlier today. And was looking at it and thinking I'm going to do that at New Year's and then I'm going through here and this is where it was from. Mm-hmm. So that's the recipe stuff. It's not your regular old, yeah, here, make some granola. Yeah. These are yeah. pretty decent recipes. Gear is, is pretty self-explanatory. It takes a bunch of different pieces of gear and, and starts reviewing them and stuff like that. See to some, it's new comfort deluxe. Uh, SI mat makes car camping luxurious. This is how bears decide if gear deserves the bear resistant tag. <laughs> the humble dorky fanny pack is my go-to piece of outdoors gear. Uh, what else they got here? In awe of the external frame backpack user. It's not too early to be thinking about snow chains. <laughs> <laughs> if you want no fuss snowshoes, the Crescent Moon Evas are for you. Eddie Bauer quietly made our favorite winter jacket. So yeah, this talks about all different types of gear and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Historical badass, which you're thinking, okay, well, is that some dude or something? No, it's a whole bunch of people. And it is 12-year-old Don Fendler survived nine days lost in Maine's Katadyne. Oh, we talked about that part. Yep. That was one of Derek's destinations. The man who paddled a kayak from Germany to Australia. We talked about him Oh, we talked about him, yeah, yeah. The Telemark skiers who saved the world. The strange Grand Canyon disappearance of Glenn and Bessie Hyde. The real Hugh Glass behind The Revenant. Ah, that'd be interesting. 
Anne Labastille may have out-thorrowed Thoro. <laughs> Jack O'Neill made the real Endless Summer possible. Bored by a desk job, Amy Johnson became one of history's best pilots. <laughs> so these are these are under the historical badass. So these are articles <clears throat> that you can read about about people and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. This is quite the website. This it is. It, it's it looks re- like a really simple. How have website? we never come across this before? I don't know. I don't know. So it, it looks like a, a, a yeah a, a really simple website. It really is. And then when you start getting, but the information they have is really cool. Yeah. Susie Goodold's Goodall's bold attempt at global solo sale ends with a broken mast. So yeah, you just click on that and it gives you the whole story. So there's some pretty cool information. Again, adventure-journal.com. Check that out. Yeah, go to Google and just Google Adventure Journal, and uh, you'll come up with some, come up with it. And it's some pretty cool stuff on there. So um, now you found something on there. Now before we get into that, because that leads, what you found on there, yes, is pretty cool. But that leads into something else. This is where all the math comes in. <laughs> uh, that you've been mentioning over the last yes. while. So we'll get into that a, a, a bit later as well. So let's take a quick uh, break here. And then when we come back, we'll we'll get into uh, a little bit of Grand Canyon fun. Mm-hmm. Be right back. Hi, this is Dark Sparst. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So the Adventure Journal, I guess uh, you had sent me this uh, one thing. Dan Ransom, he has a YouTube channel. Uh, he wrote an article for Adventure Journal about the Grand Canyon. They were going down to uh, do the Grand Canyon, do some uh, some uh, rafting through the Grand Canyon. Rafting something we don't talk enough about. Uh, we do more with everything else than, than rafting. But uh, So they were going down, and he wrote an article saying, we were a week away from embarking on a group rafting trip in the Grand Canyon when, they re- when we received an email that read. Now, before I read what they said, the Grand Canyon is known for its when, rafting trips, when you're doing the big... Uh, the big water, the rapid, a lot of rapids, a series of yes. them and stuff like yeah. that, right? That's, that's the attraction. It's a it. very challenging river. It's a very high flow, big river. It carries a lot of water. Yeah. And that's, that's the big, uh, the draw of it. So there's da- dams along as you, uh, in spots. So this email they get, 
You are being contacted because you are a permit holder for a river trip in Grand Canyon National Park. During the time you will be on the river, the Department of the Interior, through the Bureau of Reclamation, may be conducting a high-flow experiment. The high-flow experiment would be implemented between November 5th to 8th, 2018. So this was just like just over a month ago. Yeah. Right? With a maximum flow of roughly... 38,150 cubic feet per second. Now, you take into this this number. <laughs> yes. When you were on the Des Moines, yes. how many cubic feet per second? So, at, at one point leading up to the Des Moines, we, we kept looking at the water levels, water levels, because we were panicking. It's like, how low is this going to be? So, we, uh, we were ecstatic when the water levels got up to about 240 cubic feet per second 240 yeah cubic feet and what is it usually at so in the spring freshet it can be anywhere between five and six hundred or so i think and uh at the on in the low flow periods in the summer i think we were looking at averages of about 150 or something at one point we were looking at it and it was like 140 142 so in spring high water five call it 600 let's say 600 600 cubic feet per second and that's an angry river in the des moines and now they are talking the grand canyon thirty-eight thousand one hundred and fifty <laughs> yes cubic feet <laughs> per second and the likely duration including up ramp and down ramp of four days if it's approved because i guess it wasn't for yes. sure approved yeah. uh by the the assistant secretary for water and science Tim Petty, the flow would resemble previous high flow experiments, except the peak flow of 38,150 would only be sustained for 60 hours versus the previous of 96 hours. Yes. Flows from the dam would begin to rise the morning of November 5th and reduce back base flow by 3 p.m. November 8th, 2018. So this is the email they got. They're figuring, okay, well, this is going to yes. be a normal trip down. Do, do, do. We're going to have some fun. We're going to see some, some regular stuff. We know what to expect. And then they get this email. So basically <laughs> 40,000 cubic feet per second yeah. is what this is going. Now, Crystal Rapids. Um, so Dan Ransom basically based it on Crystal Rapids. Yes. This, this, this article that he did. And there's also on his YouTube channel. There is a uh, video, it's not not a very long one, called High Flow, 40,000 uh, CFS at Crystal Rapid. Give that one a check out. Uh, it's pretty cool, and you'll actually see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll see about uh, posting that yes. to our Facebook page. You'll see what we're talking about, what this, this rapid is like once that water started going up. So they, they show on the, on the video there what it was like when they, we first started. Mm-hmm. When they got there to yeah. Crystal Rapid, and they go, "Oh yeah, this is what it's like." And they were guesstimating. They're sitting around. Everybody was uh, all all these people were were sitting around, who've all looks like they're they're all rafters. There had to be like fifteen or twenty people. And they're, oh yeah, water's going to come up to here. Water's going to come up to yeah. here. Water's going to. And this one guy says, "Nah, you guys are all. I'm I'm putting it way up here. I'm thinking it's coming up this much farther." And even he was too low. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was it was pretty cool. So the Crystal Rapid is a nasty rapid, and there's lots of of, of sites that talk about. It's this a rapid. very challenging rapid. Yeah, it says there's it's it's, it's challenging because there's two sections. There's an upper section and a lower section. Yes, the upper section has ways and holes that 
on a regular day, flip boats and, you know, throw passengers into the river, yeah. right? And we're talking normal values of 18 to 22,000 cubic feet per second. Yeah. So the lower section, it has a midstream collection of boulders, which they call like the island, but mm-hmm. it's not really an island. Yeah. So it doesn't have safe shores where you can get up and, and um, you know, climb up on an island, so to speak. It says it has, the island consists of sleepers, partially submerged rocks that can beat you up and expose boulders that form sieves, which can trap boats and people. That sounds fun. So that's a pretty dangerous <laughs> section, right? So that's yeah. Crystal Rapid. That's what yeah. you're looking at. It is a very dangerous section. You got to know what you're doing when you're when you're on that section, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you otherwise you can you can die. So in 1983, let's just go back a little bit here. Glen Canyon Dam nearly overflowed. Crystal Rapid was absolutely terrifying at that point, with flows between 50 and 70 thousand. It's incredible. Cubic feet per second. Yeah. Can you imagine the excitement at that time, how heavy that river was? I don't think anybody uh, was running that. There was people running it. Really? The, the hole spans 60 feet wide and crested 20 feet tall. <laughs> so rafts were tossed around. One passenger drowned. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And injured a handful more. Yeah. So people, yeah, people, one, one person died and a few people were, uh, were injured. Yeah. The carnage was so extreme that the National Park Service's <laughs> helicoptered in pamphlets yeah. warning boaters of the dangers and the park even forced passengers to get off the boats and walk around. Yeah. That's how bad this rapid was. <laughs> so like you say, the, everybody, everybody says, out of the pool. <laughs> it's nasty enough yeah. on a regular day. Now you start adding all this water and that. Exactly. Like it just turns it absolutely nasty. Mm-hmm. And that's what had happened. So, and, and the big thing is, is, you know, the Colorado river basin has been decade long drought. So water's going down, water's going down, that sort of thing. But Crystal Rapid remains one of the most formidable rapids in the Grand Canyon. Yes. Still to this day. So they had this group of people doing this river run. And a few of them have done the 22 to 25,000 CFS before, but no one had ever seen it above 30. And they get over there and sure enough, at the appointed time, the river started to rise. Yes. Now let, I'm going to put it into, into perspective. The, uh, the, I guess depending on how you look at it, but the luck of them experiencing this, like there's, uh, they, they talk about the, that permit to float the Colorado river or the Grand Canyon, you have to apply for a permit. Right. And, uh, the waiting list is usually a couple years long. So when you do get a permit, you, you, you don't generally can't pick a specific week. You can, you get a general time of year and this is, this is when your permit is for, this is when you're going. Right. So for these guys, for this group that they were planning when they got this email is like, so they thought, okay, well, you know, we're going to expect 22 to 25,000 cubic feet per, per second. They're all planning this. And then a week before they go, like there was this general hubbub and excitement is like, oh, this is going to be different. Be, this is going to be different. This is exciting. So it's just, <laughs> you, you to go from one, you know, you plan it like two years out. You mm-hmm. go from one expectation and then you got like one's week, one week's notice to say, you guys are going to get a lot of water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly it. So, um, yeah, some of the, like I say, some of the people, this is going to be double what some of the people have paddled. 
exactly, floor, yeah. right? In, yeah. in the rafts. So the, he goes on to say in his article here, they're watching the rapid evolve provided hours of entertainment. And as I'd said, they, they were all putting their little stakes in the ground saying this is how high the water is going to come up. Yeah. And they do a time-lapse thing. And they just show the water coming up and up and up and up and up yeah. and up. And uh, the traditional holes we knew in the upper part of the rapid completely disappeared, replaced by a much longer tongue with massive laterals ripping off boulders on river right. We also watched a few tamarisk bushes completely <laughs> stripped out of the ground. What seemed like a slightly intimidating pour over at Slate Creek at 7.5 K became an awesome eddy fence that violently surged and twisted in a 20 mile an hour vortex of pure whitewater mayhem. <laughs> I wonder what a, like a whitewater kayak would have done in this. I, I imagine people run it, right? It, I think I would think so. I think the most popular method of going down this river is from what I've seen is, uh, is, is rafting, right? Yeah. But I've seen videos and I've seen pictures of people running this river in kayaks. But I wonder what if they how they would have fared in something this huge. Yeah, it would be like experts only, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm going out. Yeah. <laughs> Never been in a kayak before. Yeah, sure. Take a swim. Yeah, I'll go. I'll have a leg for that. So, It'll be yeah. fine. It'll be good. What's the worst going to happen? <laughs> so, the rock guard on the second half of the rapid was completely buried, replaced instead by multiple pour overs and holes that looked big enough to flip 18 foot boats. <laughs> Uh, through the chaos could be skirted, sorry, though the chaos could be skirted pretty easily on the right or by riding a decent wave train far left. So you, you've got to skirt this whole thing left or right just to, to get by it, right? In the four, <laughs> this is the part that I liked. In the four days, <laughs> only one group <laughs> stepped up to the plate. Each of their five boats ran it with varying degrees of excitement. Four of the five boats ended up kissing the edge of the big wave, one for sure with an open mouth. <laughs> Big open mouth kiss on that one. Uh, so I'm thinking things didn't go as planned. Yeah. The fifth boat apparently made it no problems and it wasn't very exciting. Yeah. So by 10 p.m. Thursday night, the water started to drop. So they did have some fun seeing all of this and, yeah. and whatnot. And, and the you, time lapses they had a chance yeah. to watch. It, like it's, the video is really good. People got to watch you, it. You definitely got to go to Dan Ransom. Uh, his his YouTube channel and check out High Flow Forty Thousand CFS at Crystal Rapid. So the river had already dropped below twenty thousand, uh, a much friendlier level with, from the forty. The monster hole was gone that at that point, and all the traditional holes in the upper wrapper were still friendly waves. The river still had one high flow secret to reveal. Now you got to think of all this water that's yes. now gone down, right? What is it going to, you know, It's going to clean the river. It's going to clean the river. Pristine beaches. <laughs> so the beach below Blacktail was untouched and enormous, stretching 100 yards down Canyon. And for the next 10 days on their trip, they kept seeing all these different scenes where there was new beaches and, and clean beaches, longer beaches. And they even say there's beaches that were previously too small to support a large group were suddenly world class. Yeah. That's amazing, you know, eh? And they're talking about um, uh, one beach that was gone because of a flash flood that had happened. It was the National or something? The National? Yeah. Was back. Yeah. 
Yeah, right? so it it was what a couple of years ago it got washed out. The beach is gone. It was history. Yeah, and then this here this flow test is like, oh, <laughs> it's back. It's back again. So it, it's amazing what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean they they've had the 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 drought going on for a couple of decades here, and uh, a couple of decades or a decade at least. Yes. more than more than a decade. It's been an extended drought. Yeah. And yeah, so all of a sudden they're, they're letting all this water go through and it's doing it clean as you're going. And (laughs) I mean, you you see the video and unbelievable, just the power. It's amazing, eh? The absolute power of that water. And he got some really great photos and stuff. Yeah. You know, they're, they're showing photos of of them going through the rapids and, you know, he just, just, uh, (laughs) photos in a row and you see them. And then all of a sudden you see this one raft. Yeah. It's on its side, and you're thinking, "Oh, are they going to make it over?" And, and then you realize show. that the guy that's 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 in charge of the paddles, yeah, or the oars, I guess, um, is down near the waterline. And there's no hand on, on the, the left upper oar, left side of the the raft. The right side is way yeah. high in the air, and that oar has no hand attached to it. <laughs> so I got to think that next picture that would have been in that series, yes. Was not a nice picture. Turtle, turtle. Yeah, they <laughs> turtled all right. <laughs> but even still, you're watching the video and that water. I mean, you, you can steer with the paddles a bit, right? Yes. But you're watching that water just toss them around. Yeah, you're at the mercy of And they of the were river. right close. At one point there, they were pretty close to the... Um, uh, the rock wall. The rock wall. The cliff wall, yeah. Yeah. They were really close to that cliff wall. <laughs> And I, I was just waiting for that video because they show the video of them going down there and they're going toward, and it just ends after that as it looks like they're, they're, they're getting yeah. okay there. But I was just waiting for them just to go off one of those massive waves and just all of a sudden just hurl them right into that wall, <laughs> you know? So it's, it, it definitely would totally change your trip. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, it looks, I, I, I these guys got to be, um, definitely experienced to be running these rapids and to go there and say, Oh yeah, we'll, we'll try out these 40,000, <laughs> you know, uh, it boggles the mind. Yeah. It absolutely boggles the mind. So you got to check out that, uh, that video for sure. And oh, it's pretty uh, amazing. Let know. The guys, so, uh, he's got, he's got some skills with the camera. Yeah. Oh, definitely does. Yes. Definitely does. And he's, he's got a couple other videos there and, um, have to check those out as well. Uh, yeah, some of his photos and stuff. Oh yeah, wow, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So this got me thinking. I never, I've never really thought about the water in terms of cubic feet per second. Yeah, a volume of flow. Yeah, you, normally around here you think, and for any trip that I've done up north in the Salus Lands and it, it, like uh, the Sturgeon River, it's you go online and you read the water level, mm-hmm. not the water flow. Like the Des Moines is, is one of the first times I've gone and actually read or researched the, 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 the volumetric flow down the river. But anywhere elsewhere, you've got these hydrometric stations and they, they're basically measuring water level. So it's like, you know, water this at this location is 26 inches and uh, historic highs is like 80 inches. Right. And so it gives you an idea from year to year of, and I've gone back up north quite a few times, gives you an idea of where, what, what 
water conditions you can expect. So it, uh, so, but with, with this cubic feet per second flow, it's like, it's, that's kind of a, it, it's on a different class. It's on a different level when it comes to the Colorado river. Yeah, when, when you're looking at that, I mean, like I said, you started tossing that out when you're talking about the Des Moines River and stuff like that. And, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't care how fast it's going. I want to know. But I guess when you get into um, white water. Yes. That's when you make sure. I always want to know how deep the water is. And, and that's I don't why care I'm, how fast it's going. And that's why most rivers do give it the hydrometric stations. Just mm-hmm. They just give it in level. So you know if it's going to be covering rocks, certain rocks that you're familiar with or not covering them or depending on the time of year. But with with high flow rivers, and if it's a whitewater river, you want to know the characteristics of of the of the rapids and the eddies and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's where you're going to be more interested in the actual volumetric flow. Yeah, and that that's yeah. Like I say, because I I'm not into the white water and all that, it really doesn't make two uh, two hills of beans of difference to me. What how fast it's going? Because if I see white water, chances are I'm portaging it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so I decided to check out. Just like I say, just because this article that you sent me talked about it, and you've thrown out the term over the last few months. Yeah. You know, and all that. I said, well, what exactly is like. Trying to visualize, yes, forty thousand cubic feet of water a per second. second. How much is? I mean, when you see it on the video, that's fine. So I'm just trying to, to visualize how much it is. Yeah. So this is where the the math part comes in. <laughs> so <laughs> anybody that's that, that math hurts their brains, they might want to sit down here. So how much is forty thousand cubic feet? One cubic foot is 7.48 U.S. gallons, which is equivalent to 28.3149 liters. Now, I'm cutting this down to four decimal points as opposed to like seven (laughs) or eight that they had, right? A little bit of rounding. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that really doesn't tell me much. As I look over to my right and I see all my camping gear and canoeing gear sitting here, there is a barrel. Yeah, that, that's a, a good visual. A 60 liter barrel. Yeah. So one 60 liter gear barrel is just over two, two cubic, cubic feet. feet. Fif- or sorry, just under two cubic feet. I wrote over on there. I was wrong. Oops. See, my math is already, it's already <laughs> gone to hell in a hand basket. So it's just under two cubic feet, yes. 56.6 liters. So... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, the 60 liter is just over two cubic feet. Mm-hmm. Two cubic feet would be 56.6 liters. There you go, yes. Yes. So, 40,000 cubic feet times 28.3149 liters is 1,132,596 liters. Yeah. And you divide that by 60, because that's how many liters are in a barrel. Yeah. 18,876 of these yellow gear barrels. Flow past a single point on a river. In at, a second. In a second. 18, almost 19,000. Gear barrels. Gear bar- So picture standing on the shore yes. of the Grand Canyon <laughs> and all this water is going by. Picture but now these are 
barrels, barrels that are yellow. Picture 19,000 yellow barrels going by you in a second. <laughs> and then another 19,000 the next second. Yes. Another 19... That's a lot of water. And and just for fun, picture all those gear barrels as minions. As so minions. 19,000 <laughs> minions flowing past you in a second. In a second. <laughs> and that's a lot. Of, so, I mean, that sort of gives you... Now, if you if you want to put it in another perspective... Yes. 18,000 or 40,000 cubic feet is half an Olympic swimming pool. Yes. Pretty, uh, approximately. Yes. Half of an Olympic swimming pool. So half of a swimming pool every second. Every second going by That's you. That's a lot of Half water. an Olympic swimming pool. Yes. That is, is me- and then you throw in the rocks and the, everything yeah. like that. And this, I mean, that is a lot of power coming down <laughs> a river. And because it's a canyon. It's tight. So it's you get a, tight. Yeah. So it's adding that, like that, that choke that, factor yeah. or whatever you want exactly. to call it. So everything's speeding up. It's just, you know, just speeding it up and it's going and it's going. And that, I mean, like, like, like he was saying, it was tearing trees out of the yeah. or bushes <laughs> and that, and that could do a lot of damage. Huh. Now, you start, you look at this, and this is 40,000. You're talking 1983, it was up to 70,000, so du- almost double that. Yeah, almost an entire Olympic-sized swimming pool. So you're Every looking second. at uh, almost a, a full-size Olympic swimming pool a second. You're looking at almost 40,000 minions going by <laughs> per second. I like that visual. You know? <laughs> 40,000 minions going by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that That is a lot. Of, it really boggles the mind. That's a lot of water yeah. zipping by. It's incredible, eh? Just the and, power. And then when you take it back, if anybody's run the Des Moines River, like you, a spring freshet flow, you're, you're talking in the you range of You sound like a pansy s- now, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I paddle the Des Moines in 240 cubic feet per second river flow. Pansy. <laughs> I should get a real river like the Grand Canyon there in Colorado. Yeah. Insane. It, it's it's really, because yeah, when you're out on the Des Moines, I mean, even when we're in Algonquin or wherever yeah. we are, and you see all these rapids that you're portaging around, you're thinking, wow, that's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty, you know, I don't want to be zipping my canoe down through there. <laughs> and then you come across something like yeah, this. Exactly. It just totally like, wow, yeah. that just blows It's something completely new. It's something completely different. Yeah, so like I say, I, I mean, I got interested in this because cubic feet per second is just something I've never thought of until you start talking whitewater and start throwing this term out there. I'm just like, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me. So now, exactly, now you have a concept. You sort of got a, a bit of a a, a concept yeah. of of what exactly um, a cubic foot of water going by. Mm-hmm. You know, well, exceptionally that that many. Yeah. So what's two forty divided by sixty? That's four. Yeah. So that's four gear barrels. <laughs> I, I, I'm four I gotta... gear barrels a second. Oh, dude, I can run faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are you looking there? I, I'm. We had a conversation. I had a conversation with uh, the guys from the trip. I'm just trying to find it because we had been talking about the uh, the volumetric flow of the Des Moines River. So I was trying to find it, but it's uh, it's it's tough to find that specific conversation exactly right now well let's take another quick break here and we'll come back and uh, we'll give you a chance to find that and uh, we'll come back in a minute 
Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. So you did your little research there over your thingies. Yes. And you noticed that you were actually doing your 600s. So the the numbers that I was recalling, the Des Moines River uh, for its flow is in cubic meters per second. Because we're in Canada. <laughs> yes. So we're going to use the metric system. So anyways, uh, I, I did some calculations. I found some uh, volumetric flows from, uh, what is it, uh... Government of Canada, ECGCDCA, whatever. And it was a government website, and they show historical flows. And uh, so we were in the range of uh, about 45 uh, cubic meters per second, 40 to 45. And then, like, at first we were worried when we saw it down 37, and they said, yeah, it's tough to run it. And uh, then we saw, I think at one point, before we got there, it was up to 47 cubic meters per second. Anyways, 45 cubic meters per second is approximately 1,500 cubic feet per second. So the Des Moines, at, when we ran it, compared to the Colorado River. Right. So we're talking 1,500 compared to 22 to 25,000. And then during this uh, flow experiment, it was up to 40,000 cubic feet. That's a big difference. Yeah. (laughs) So still. Yeah. So, but you see, still see the huge difference in numbers and in the capacity of a river when it's, when it's really flowing, right? Yeah. Like the Colorado river normally is 20 around, you can expect 22,000, right? Then on a rainy year, you expect maybe 30, but normally you're going to be around 22, 25. 25, Yeah. And then, yeah, the Des Moines you're saying is about 1,500. In the fall, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got a long way to go, Cindy Jim. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was was pretty cool. It definitely didn't, uh, I I learned something, that's for sure, this Mm -hmm. one. More numbers. More numbers. (laughs) My brain hurts now. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and you can also stream and download from the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And we've actually put, I think, like four videos up in the last yeah, two weeks on yeah. YouTube now. So yeah, we're getting good at that now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so go check all that out. And if you go to our main paddlingadventuresradio.com page, there's links uh, buttons there that go to all of these. Yes. All these things. Come check us out. So yeah, check all that out. Give us a listen, spread the word, let everybody know about Paddling Adventures Radio and, uh, get let's get us out there. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Spust. We'll see you next time. <laughs>